I am Oregon AFL-CIO President Tom Chamberlain, and you're listening to The Voice of Oregon Workers, a monthly podcast from the Oregon AFL-CIO. With just one week left before Election Day, Oregon unions are stepping up to get out the vote. What always amazes me is seeing the commitment and sacrifice of Oregon's union members during elections. From new volunteers gaining confidence to knock doors to seasoned campaign veterans sharing their best practices. Political Seasons is about people who put in long hours to get out the vote for union-endorsed candidates and ballot measures. As a federation of unions, our diversity of membership gives us strength. We are stronger when more of us stand together, and this election season is a reminder of that power. On this month's podcast, we sit down with three dedicated union activists to hear about what inspires them to volunteer and learn more about the issues that motivate them to keep showing up to talk with voters. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Graham Trainer, and I'm proud to serve as the Oregon AFL-CIO Chief of Staff. And we are also excited to be here today with this critically important election right around the corner uh, in just about a week. Now, I know I don't have to tell our listeners how much is at stake this election or, frankly, any election for working people and for our state. Um, and, you know, I think it goes without saying, but during the course of every election cycle, we all see hundreds of political ads. We receive dozens of mailers from campaigns. And we see our social media feeds blowing up with election posts. But the Oregon labor movement and the progressive community here have a strong history and culture of grassroots engagement and political campaigns. But there's still an often overlooked story during any election cycle about the people power, the real people power, boots on the ground behind the campaigns of pro-union, pro-worker candidates. Each election cycle right here in Oregon Thousands of union members volunteer to support labor-endorsed candidates and issues. They show up, and they keep showing up all the way until Election Day. These union member and worker volunteers come from every corner of Oregon's economy and from every corner of this great state, all with a common objective and goal. Win for working people and continue to move our state forward. Oregon's union movement is incredibly diverse. It's made up of nurses, teachers, firefighters, construction workers, manufacturing workers, public service workers, federal workers, and letter carriers, and every type of worker in between those industries. And the diversity of this movement is reflected at countless phone banks and canvases each and every election cycle and all around the state. And our philosophy is really simple. While workers will never be able to outspend corporate interests, especially when folks like Phil Knight are writing million-dollar checks in his attempt to buy a governor as we speak, we can definitely outwork our opponents, those folks that don't believe in the value of our work. The Oregon labor movement gives people power, a whole new meaning, and it brings to bear thousands of workers and union members to talk to other union members and voters about their voting decisions and what's in their economic interest. And the Labor 2018 program is no different. This is the Oregon AFL-CIO's grassroots political program, which is truly a statewide political operation. This mobile, we mobilize union members in key regions around the state, and our program includes the basics, door knocking, phone calling, text banking, direct mail to members, and worksite conversations. 
And cumulatively, with the support of our affiliate unions, this is the largest independent field program in the state of Oregon. And frankly, it's our greatest contribution to campaigns and to candidates that support working people and our unions. And the Oregon AFL-CIO is no small voting block in numbers. We consist of over 300,000 working Oregonians that are either union members or working America members, and that doesn't even count the families that live in those households. And when we do our job and our program is in full tilt, we win. We win in targeted legislative races, we win on ballot measures, and we win on statewide campaigns like the governor's race we're so engaged in currently. And we're really excited to be here with some incredible union members and rock star activists to talk about the importance of workers and union members engaging in politics and what's at stake in this year's Oregon election. You know, we ask each of these three participants to join us today because they don't just show up. They've shown up for multiple election cycles, for multiple shifts, and they are the essence of what makes our program run. And so I'm really excited to get to the conversation and uh, make sure that everybody has a chance to introduce themselves. So why don't we start with Karen? Why don't you introduce yourself and a little bit about where, you're, where you come from? I'm Karen Williams, and uh, I am a proud member of AFSME, the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. Uh, we are statewide, Council 75, and my local is 3336, which is the workers at the Department of Environmental Quality. And uh, in my union, I've served in many capacities. I've uh, been an officer on our executive board for many years and also have served on our political action committee at the statewide level and on the executive committee of our statewide union. Great. Well, welcome, Karen. Glad to have you. Uh, why don't we go with Nate next? Yeah, my name is Nate Stokes. I'm with the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 701. Um, we represent uh, the heavy equipment operators uh, from cranes to surveyors and on the grade and everything in between. Uh, we also represent stationary engineers that help keep the hospitals, convention centers, and some of the hotels running as well. Great. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Willie, you're next. Yeah, I'm uh, Willie Groeschel. I'm with the National Association of Letter Carriers, um, NALC. Uh, I am currently the vice president for our Oregon State Association of Letter Carriers, and I am proud to represent all of my fellow letter carriers around the state. We're out there on your doorsteps every day. Um, in fact, we're the ones that bring you all your political material from the from the election brochure to your ballots and make sure they get where they go. So. Uh, the entire election process is very important to all of my membership. Great. Well, I'm, I couldn't think of a better group to have this conversation with. I, uh, we've got the construction industry represented. We've got the public service uh, sector represented. We've got the federal government and the workers within the federal government represented. So why don't we dig right in? Um, so, uh, Willie, why don't we start out with you? Um, tell us a little bit about why your union engages in politics. Um, why, why are politics important to letter carriers? Well, letter carriers, we work for a federal agency, a very unique independent federal agency, but one that is still at the whims of Congress. Um, we have too much at stake in the political sphere to not be engaged. Uh, everything that we've bargained for and fought for can be taken away by the stroke of a pen back in Washington, D.C. Because of it, it's always important for my membership to be engaged with our federal elected officials um, to make sure that they understand what the issues are and how to progress forward so that the public postal service remains there for everybody. Mm -hmm. it's, been, it's been a part of our country from the very beginning 
and it still is the an essential part of holding this nation together, uh, mm-hmm. especially now with e-commerce. We're bringing packages from every single company, public and private, to people's doorsteps. Uh, and our focus is always on the federal, as far as my union is concerned and my membership is concerned, but we can't ignore the state-level issues as well, because um, they affect us and how we're able to operate and function within our communities. I mean, we're out there on the streets every day, and we need to make sure that that our people understand what's going on so that they can be engaged and be safe in those regards too. So. Great. Well, our dogs might not. <laughs> I know all of us can appreciate our local letter carriers uh, in, uh, in, in every one of our communities around the state. Um, Nate, why don't we uh, move to you. Tell us a little bit about why the operating engineers and your local and the building trades in general sort of care about politics and engage in politics. Sure. So uh, our number one reason is uh, we're there to preserve workers' rights and to keep that fight out. If there's been history, uh, lots of people have battled for our rights, and we're there to continue that fight moving forward for, for workers' rights in, in all aspects, the federal, uh, local, construction, wherever it is, there, there's people's rights and there's worker rights. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's our main reason. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, one of the common themes that I always think about and talk about with fellow unionists is just, you know, working people don't have a choice about whether or not we engage in politics, right? There's so much at stake at the local level and at the federal level. So, yeah, thank you. Okay, uh, moving on to Karen. Tell us a little bit about why Ask Me cares so much about politics and engages in politics. So Ask Me represents a a huge and very broad, uh, diverse array of folks working in public service. Uh, They include folks at the city, the state, uh, county levels, as well as in private sector that are working in healthcare, information management, behavioral health, environmental protection, Um, emergency management, just housing, a very broad range of services. And then, as I mentioned at my local, we're particularly um, focused on protecting Oregon's environment, land, air, and water quality, as well as um, the public health that's associated with that. So in all of that, um, all of that requires sufficient funding to be able to to do our work. So one of the ways that the folks that I work with and my coworkers and my fellow activists really feel that by engaging in politics, it's really an opportunity to educate the elected officials and the folks who want to be elected officials about the importance of the work we do um, to Oregon's environment and public health, but also what the cost of that is and have them be you know, aware of and educated that important public services are worth investing in, and we just treat engagement in politics as an opportunity to educate. Great. Well, I always see the green machine in force in the state capitol, so it's great to great to have you here to talk a little bit about why that is. Um, so I'd be curious to know, um, you know, you all are very familiar faces at the Oregon AFL-CIO Labor Center, where we're sitting right now, um, and uh, whether it's a phone bank or a canvas, you and your coworkers and members are uh, always here, uh, it seems like, uh, which is uh, really, uh, we can't thank you enough for that work, but also um, it's really what makes our program work. Um, and so, uh, why do you come to the Oregon AFL-CIO? Nate, why do, you, why do you come to the Oregon AFL-CIO to plug into politics, you and your coworkers and members? Uh, for one, uh, there's, a, there's more of a movement when there's, there's more boots on the ground. Uh, and as just one local, uh, to us it makes sense to affiliate and, and work with AFL-CIO to uh, work together with other locals to build that further fight and that strength up. Uh, for the stance that we have to take for, for workers' rights. So um, that's one reason why we do it. There's a, a strong um, 
benefit for all of us standing together. We're, we're more as together in one. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And what's so cool about, uh, about the program to me is that anytime you walk into one of our phone banks, you've got construction workers sitting next to public service workers, sitting next to nurses, sitting next to teachers, sitting next to Willie, <laughs> the letter carriers, uh, right? So it's, uh, I totally agree, just in terms of the unified front. How about, how about Willie or Karen? Why do you come to the Oregon FLCIO to plug in, Willie? Well, uh, for me, my, my national union's focus is always on the national level races. Um, but the depth and breadth of politics goes much, much deeper. And you can have a much bigger impact on a local level. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the solidarity as well. It's a great opportunity for me to be able to be engaged with the rest of the labor movement, um, moving things forward that are going to raise the ships and, you know, for all working class people, not only people within unions, but also people that want to be within the union movement. And by getting engaged with the state AFL-CIO, it's not only the politics, it's also the level of training that my membership has access to because of the resources that this organization, the statewide organization, provides. It's really great that I've got a local resource with people that I know and trust that are going to not only help me to get my people education when they need it, but are going to also help us keep us all together working in a unified cause. I mean, that's the whole point of labor is for us all to try and work in one way and really build strength for everybody. That's that's the essence of it. So that's why I love coming here and working with you all. You're, you're, we've got a fantastic staff. We've got fantastic leadership. It's easily one of the best state federations in the country, and I'm really proud that I get to be a part of it and work with it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Thanks for that. Yeah, Appreciate no worries. It. Thank you, Graham. Karen, any thoughts about Ask Me and kind of plugging in? Ask Me's got a really uh, well-oiled political machine and does a lot of things independently. They've got the resources and the staff to do so, but uh, we also appreciate partnering where it makes sense with Ask Me and uh, always love to see your, seeing your face when you come to a phone bank, but any thoughts about like why Ask Me plugging in is... Yeah. Uh, is I, well, I think um, you know, definitely what my colleagues have... Had, that this, I would like to echo just the solidarity and the, um, you know feeling like you're... In, in, in the fight with good people by your side and it's just it's 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 motivating and it's exciting uh, but it's also an opportunity to understand different perspectives and workers in different fields and what's really important to them and their members so that you can help carry that message forward too when you know our, our message on the doorstep uh, from the perspective of a public service worker after many many years I mean you you, you can kind of feel like you're saying the same thing and it's, it still continues to be important but if I can you know, also understand what this means to my brothers and sisters in the in the in the trades uh, field, or um, certainly at the federal level. Being able to add that to why I'm out there and say I'm out here for other folks too. Uh, so it's just a great opportunity to learn from my fellow activists and, and feel like we're part of the bigger picture and doing things together. Yeah, I've been doing this work for a little little while now, but I, I still learn something new about a new but about a different sector of the economy or a different type of worker every single day no doubt um, so yeah thank you for those perspectives um, so uh, you've each talked a little bit about the issues that matter to your members um, and uh, clearly the issues that you raised um, in, in sort of the public policy arena uh, are naturally I think um, connected to politics and sort of uh, the outcomes of elections any other thoughts about sort of public policy and the things that matter to your members that are connected to politics and that maybe are on the front front of your minds currently? Karen, you want to? Well, I, def I mentioned the funding <laughs> as being one of the main ones. Um, and it's not, 
just about fair compensation. I mean, certainly that's that's part of it, and people deserve to be fairly compensated for the work that they're providing, but it's about having adequate staff, adequate equipment, uh, adequate training um, for the work that we're doing so that we can provide effective, you know, good um, public service uh, to the folks that live in the state. Um, and you know, a lot of it is, <laughs> and it's hard, you can't put a price on this, but it's about respect. It's about um, engaging with elected leaders and potential elected leaders that um, understand the importance of uh, respecting public workers for the work that we're doing, that understand the um, level of, of professionalism um, that's in our workforce, and that will take our recommendations seriously and, and really understand that we are doing this work for uh, not just for the sort of technical satisfaction of it, but also for the um, for the for the public service aspect of it. That people have chosen these careers who perhaps could be you know making a lot more money in consulting or something like that, but want to take their professional expertise and apply it to serve the public. And um, having elected officials uh, that appreciate that and bring that into the public policies and the decisions they're making is, is really important to our folks. Any other thoughts on public policy that's really important to your members that's connected that naturally sort of bleeds over into politics? Nate? Uh, yeah, I, of course us, uh, jobs is a big thing for yeah. us. Infrastructure packages, mm -hmm. uh, as operators, we build things. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, you know, living wage, we're, we're always fine. We're not asking for a lot. We're asking just for a living wage. Mm -hmm. uh, the other things that uh, are more so on like public policy would be like apprenticeship mm -hmm. uh, requirements, you know, safety, and also uh, uh, positive job site culture. You know, uh, out there we're not just construction workers. We're professionals as well. I mean, we make that's our profession. Mm -hmm. You're not, you know, uh, there's been a something in the past that you're just a construction worker. Well, no, we're professional workers just like anybody else. Mm -hmm. So um, having somebody in, in, a, in a political spot uh, in, that's willing to listen to that uh, to us as well is, is very helpful. So that's one reason why it's, it's important to our members. Absolutely. So. And you know what's so cool about the campaign cycle from a worker and a labor movement perspective to me is just the opportunities that are so uh, ripe for working people and members of different unions to build relationships with candidates. You mentioned, I think, uh, you know, elected officials and people that aspire to be elected officials uh, or something to that effect. So I think that the opportunity just really is ripe to be able to build relationships, be on the team of working family, supporting candidates and, uh, and legislators or uh, the governor, for example, we're sitting in, uh, in, in an office where uh, the governor actually was sitting for about three hours today while she was in between meetings. She came here and was actually um, uh, helped kick off the canvas and she saw firsthand all the people that were gonna be out knocking doors for her today. They're gonna knock on 3,000 doors today in a single day. Um, Willie came in and knocked on doors earlier today, uh, you know, and people are just trickling through. Um, and uh, those opportunities, whether it's uh, at, the, at the gubernatorial level or at the legislative level or even down the ticket, I think there are opportunities that are so unique 
during a campaign season for working people to engage and to sort of build those relationships and then uh, allow them to have a platform and uh, the ability to sort of go back uh, to these folks when they get elected, when we help them get elected, and um, state the issues that are important to the, to the workers in that industry. Right? So it's really cool. Okay, uh, next question's for Willie. Um, you know, and it's about the federal, the federal government in general. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, that one, there's lots of ugly stuff happening at the national level, and I think, uh, at least for me, the way I stay sane is to focus on the local stuff uh, and to continue to <laughs> work to move our state forward because it's something that we can help control and have an impact on. Uh, but there seems to always be attacks on the Postal Service, but there's also just attacks in a sort of a negative tenor about the federal government and the workers within the federal government um, at large. Um, so maybe for listeners, if you could share a little bit about some of the recent examples of th those attacks, whether uh, they're directly focused at the Postal Service and letter carriers or all federal workers, because unfortunately for the last two years, we've seen a lot of those. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the best of times for federal employees. We've got a big bullseye on our back, especially if we are organized. Um, you know, the other side of that is that because we are federal employees, we're open shop. We've always been open shop. Um, so, you know, it's constantly a matter of organizing and reaching out to your fellow workers and making sure that they're your fellow members. Uh, but as far as attacks go, I mean, the... <laughs> the uh, the executive order that uh, that the president put out earlier this year, uh, attacking the rights of federal unions as far as being able to even have an office within a federal building that they've been in the past having been leasing for in some cases decades, kicking them out of those spaces, demanding that they're only allowed access to only 25% of any working day to be able to do representation for injured and wronged workers based off of the contractual language they have. Um, in a large shop where you've got over a couple hundred employees, you need to have a full-time steward just to give representation of the contract that both parties have agreed to, and that rule alone makes it so that that's not a possibility. It's, it's, these are all attacks that have done directly to federal employees. Um, we were fortunate as letter carriers and postal workers that we didn't fall under that particular order because his language that he used in it was geared to the to his base and so he in every other sentence said federal employees that are receiving federal taxpayer money well the postal service is an independent federal agency that is self-funded and because of that we didn't get affected directly by it but all of our brothers and sisters that work in the federal government that we work with were and still are fighting their way out from underneath that I mean it's been so extreme that in the past not in this session, but in the past session, there was an actual bill introduced that would eliminate um, collective bargaining rights from all federal employees. It didn't go anywhere, but the fact that we've gotten to such extremes that even those sorts of things are allowed to see the light of day is scary because we're a nation that has been built on the backs of organized labor. I mean, our country had its most prosperous time when organized labor was at its highest numbers in membership. And there's been a concentrated effort to, to attack that and take that away from us over mm -hmm. the years. And yeah, and it, it's an easy target to blame federal workers. And it's been, a, it's been a drum that's been beaten in the media for years and years and years. I think Ronald Reagan really kind of started that train down the track that we're on today, uh, especially when he attacked the air traffic controllers. That, that put a real scare in a lot of federal employees at that point in time. And, mm -hmm. And they've just built off of it. So, yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, um, you know, Nate, uh, you mentioned already, you know, as a, as a construction worker union, your members care a lot about 
infrastructure uh, investments, which make a lot of sense. You're b building building things, and you put people to work in uh, in in that way by funding infrastructure, like the governor just did this last year uh, by funding the state's largest infrastructure uh, package in history, which is going to create twenty thousand jobs. Pretty cool. That's way cool. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you mentioned apprenticeship as well. Um, you know, and that that's uh, you know the world class apprenticeship training that the building trades unions provide their uh, their members. Um, earn while you learn is the motto I've always heard. Uh, but maybe um, if you could share a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the other things that um, your members are thinking about this election cycle. And then, um, you know, I also know thinking about the, con the Congress, the current Congress, you know, building trades unions have not been exempt from the attacks by this Congress and this administration. You know, Senator Flake introduced a bill trying to repeal Davis-Bacon just um, less than a year ago. Um, so there's been some ugly things that have been happening that are really targeting high-wage union construction workers and their unions. And so I don't know if you want to share anything about sort of um, some of the things that you're on your members' minds. Yeah, the cycle beyond that. Yeah, sure, sure, Graham. Uh, so you know, one of the things that, that we're always fighting uh, is the prevailing wage or slash Davis Bacon Act, um, and and we're always fighting against the right to work. Uh, it's it's prevalent everywhere, and so that's you know our guards are are always up in uh, in that effect. Um, you know, we want to thank Governor Brown for getting that passed uh, the infrastructure package. That was a uh, very helpful. And looking forward to doing work on that, uh, those projects. Um, I know a big part of, of us, of us as our members, I would say, uh, joining the union is uh, is to lift each other up and and help create a strong middle class uh, to further drive economic growth. Is why uh, a large part of our members are in there. Um, you know, um, additionally. Uh, you know, uh, political engagement ensures that we are all able to preserve, uh, you know, what we have already fought for, mm -hmm. um, and ensure our ability to keep fighting for our rights and uh, share our victories with others who may not be uh, as lucky enough uh, to currently be organized. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, great. So. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, I think that the the um, the current Oregon labor movement, I'm really obviously proud to be a part of, but I think part of the reason why I'm so proud to, to work in this, uh, this, in this field and with these great affiliates that we represent is that folks are thinking about the economy much more broadly than just their own members. And they're thinking about how to lift all workers up while we take on these big fights, right? And I think um, that, I think, sentiment that you just shared is right in line with that. And um, I think it probably is what drives a lot of us to do this work too, but, um, but, it's, uh, but it's a bigger cause. It's about all workers, not just union members, right? So, um, Karen, I want to pivot to you. And, um, you know, uh, you shared a lot about AFNI's political engagement and sort of how that program looks um, and some of the reasons for it, um, uh, which I think it was really helpful for me to understand a little bit more about the inside the green machine um, uh, look. But, um, you know, PERS seems to be just out front and center. It's, you know, the drumbeat is uh, is a huge part of the governor's race. Uh, New Bueller is um, you know deceptively trying to solve our education funding crisis by doing it on the backs of public employees and their PERS benefits that they've been uh, granted. Um, what, what's your perspective on sort of this ugly stuff that just seems to be continually bubbling when it comes to PERS and the benefits that y'all have sort of worked so hard to and sacrifice for? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, trying to stay 
positive about attacks. And attacks are opportunities for us to really focus on a topic and, and educate. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, PERS is a great example. I, you know, I think we strongly feel that it's always unfortunate to only be focusing on costs of public services and not benefits of public services. What are the public health costs that are being saved by having clean air and water, for example? Um, but having said that, when we do talk about costs of em employing public service workers, certainly salary, health insurance benefits, and a fair and decent and dignified retirement is part of that compensation, as it should be for anyone who works for a living. We, everyone deserves a fair retirement. Everyone deserves health insurance mm -hmm. for them and their families and their kids. So if we only focus, as Newt Bueller is doing, on the, the cost, and PERS is always an easy target, without offering any kind of a solution for, um, well, or, or quite frankly, even a, a very articulate description of what the problem is, then we really divert attention from really much more important conversations about public policy and solving public problems that we would really prefer to be engaging in. Um, but the bottom line is that the PERS system is one of the best funded um, most stable public employment retirement programs in the country, and we should be proud of that. Um, and not to say that any public system, any publicly funded system can't be improved and made more efficient and more effective, and we should welcome, and we do welcome those conversations, but simply scapegoating and targeting just serves to divert, divert attention from really much more important conversations we should be having. Here, here, sisters. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we're a week out. We're a week out from the election. Um, and clearly a lot of the stuff that we've just talked about is, um, is a big part of what's at stake this election cycle. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about all the different things that um, working people should be keeping in mind as they cast their ballots. Um, I know because I saw the, we all saw probably the, uh, the voter uh, turnout statistics that still only 15% of Oregon voters have turned in their ballots. Uh, we've got a long way to go. This weekend's a big weekend. We've got a lot of activity happening. Um, you know, why don't we start with the governor? Um, so, Nate, you mentioned, uh, obviously, I've, I've seen the operators out in force supporting the governor, uh, knocking on doors, doing whatever it takes to get the job done. Um, maybe if you could emphasize sort of the importance of reelecting Governor Brown for listeners. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, we've been out, you know, knocking doors, making calls. Mm -hmm doing whatever we can to to get her reelected uh, you know the biggest thing that I that I have and, and I've changed some hopefully changed some people's minds or got them thinking the right direction is when Newt came out and said that uh, we need a governor that's going to take on the unions um, that's just not my union that's all unions um, and, and that's a big big thing that has affected a lot of our members uh, thinking the right direction mm -hmm. um, and you know Governor Brown has been there for the workers mm -hmm. uh, with the minimum wage increases uh, the health health care for all mm -hmm. um, you know and of course I'm gonna mention again the infrastructure package um, be a little selfish on that one but uh, she's done great things uh, mm -hmm. for us uh, for the working people yeah so I say you know get out there and vote for uh, Governor Brown yep 
uh, proven, steady, effective leadership, right? Um, so I'm going to pivot to Willie. Uh, yes. Tell us a little bit about the ballot measures that workers are facing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on the ballot, and we can have a discussion about it, but uh, a, lot of dis- uh, a lot of really important issues. They seem to, I read my ballot the other day, and it just seems really confusing, and I would imagine working people feel that way too. Yeah, the, the ballot measures are, there's what, we got five of them statewide? Yep. Mm-hmm. Or is it six? Five? five. Five of them. Yeah, we got five of them statewide, and these are these are pretty divisive. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff in there that goes against um, the values of a lot of the people that I meet on a daily basis. Um, you know, we're, as a, as a letter carrier, I know how important um, getting one or two passed is, because I see day to day how hard it is for people to find affordable housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, I mean, everywhere in the state, both rural and city, it's a, it's a major problem, and and that's one of the steps to actually try and address it. Um, and the other ballot measures from 103 through 106, uh, they're all pretty divisive. They're not, they don't really represent the values that I care about. They don't represent the values that my family cares about. We're all pretty solidly hoping that they get shot down. I'm I'm actually stunned at how many of them are trying to actually alter our state's constitution, mm-hmm. which it staggers yep. my mind that, that you would have such divisive things and try and actually enshrine them within the constitution of our state. It just doesn't seem like it's the values that we as Oregonians have. And yeah, and I'm happy to, I'm, I'm hoping that we see all of them go down from 103 through 106. Um, but we need 102 because housing is a major issue and yep. it's a way to address it. Amen. And I saw this uh, amazing lawn <laughs> sign that I happened to get in from my front yard that describes it, I think, pretty succinctly. Uh, no on one oh, as Willie just said, one hundred three through one hundred six, one hundred three and one hundred four are attacks on democracy. Mm-hmm. One hundred five is an attack on our immigrant community, yep. and one hundred six is an attack on women. Yep. Um, so uh, no on one hundred three through one hundred six. Uh, we dove into that uh, last uh, last pod co- podcast episode for our listeners, but uh, wanted to just touch on that. And then back to the legislative makeup. Um, clearly, uh, you know, electing pro worker candidates at the legislative level is really important. Um, maybe Karen, if you could share a little bit about kind of why uh, electing strong majorities is a priority for AFSCME? Well, sure. I mean, a lot of it does go back to funding. Um, and and again, having the adequate public funding to, to staff our program so that we can provide good public service. Um, right now, uh, that having two-thirds majority in, in the houses uh, is, or at least in the House, um, to be able to pass any kind of revenue package. I mean, that's the law of the land. Um, so having folks that understand, again, that connection between providing adequate funding and good, efficient, effective government service is really important. Um, let's see. Uh, as far as um, you know, legislative makeup, again, I think folks having folks in the legislature that um, are uh, respectful of workers' rights in general, and um, you know, understand that health and safety uh, and and training are all part of making good, um, effective workers in, in all fields, not just in public service. So you know, things like the Oregon Labor Candidate School and um, any of the political action that we do to really um, dive in and ask questions during endorsement interviews about you know not just the particular aspects of our own unions but what do the candidates really understand about how crucially uh, just how fundamental workers rights are to um, to 
the, the health of our whole community, not just to the folks that work in unions. Yep. Yeah. That, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay, so we're running out of time, but I want to do a quick popcorn-style question, and it is one of your favorite election stories or memories in 15 seconds or less, starting with Willie. What's one of your favorite election stories? It had to be getting Merkley in the first time. Yeah. We had a lot of people that engaged with that, and he's been such a strong advocate for working class people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that has to be it. And and plus, just the fact that the discussion's changed, yep. that we're, we're having the discussion now where all work needs to be valued. It yep. doesn't matter where you are from the top to the bottom. Anybody that's out there working, they need to be respected and valued for the work they're doing. I think Jeff Merkley is probably the best gift that the Oregon labor movement could have given to the national stage, right? Exactly. Um, in 2008. Nate, how about you? What's one of your favorite election stories over the years? Uh, memories? Well, I'm just going to say, and it's recent one, was we were, uh, 12 of us volunteered uh, from the office staff, apprentices, and uh, reps came in the other night and texted. And I had to say that every single one of them, and a lot of them had never text banks or phone bank before, absolutely came back and said they had a blast doing it and that they would be willing to do it again. Awesome. So, so to me, that was a very proud moment as I'm the political coordinator for us and trying to get people to volunteer. Uh, that was a, my proud moment, and it was just it was recently. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we couldn't do it without you, Karen. So, um, I, mine's really recent. It's just a couple of weeks ago when I was out knocking doors uh, for Kate Brown and Janelle Bynum, and I happened upon a housing community that was a lot of Russian-speaking folks, and uh, knocked on the door for one woman and. Um, she spoke Russian and I don't. <laughs> and I was you know, doing my best to try and sort of point at the pictures on the campaign literature that I had and do my best to communicate. Uh, but then her, presumably her little daughter came up, um, maybe seven, eight years old and started translating. And um, I was just enormously touched by that. I thought it was beautiful, but it also just made me so appreciative of democracy and the importance of voting and that it's something that we can never take for granted, and there are folks that may be right next door to us that haven't had that opportunity their whole lives, mm-hmm. and we should um, never take it for granted. That's amazing. Well, thank you. All those were uh, really touching stories. Um, so we got to wrap things up, uh, but um, we've obviously got just a few days left. We've got a really important election uh, that we've just talked about. Uh, we've talked about sort of the nuts and bolts of the people power that makes the labor political program work and work well. Um, uh, Obviously, we need to make sure that everybody gets their ballots in. We've got low voter turnout currently, but everybody's going to be voting in the next week. Um, So don't miss out um, to our listeners. Um, Vote, uh, obviously, for uh, re-electing Governor Brown, making sure that we uh, elect strong pro-worker, pro-union majorities to the legislature and uh, pass the one ballot ballot measure 102, but then uh, to heck with the, the other four, no on 103 through 106. Um, If you need any further information, uh, go to our website at www.oraflcio.org backslash vote. That has endorsements and a tool to find your closest ballot drop box. Um, Our communications team has put together an amazing uh, website about uh, New Bueller's bad track record on working people. So make sure you go to Bueller Bad for Workers. Bueller is spelled B-U-E-H-L-E-R badforworkers.com. It's an amazing compilation of all of the awful things for working people that New Bueller's done throughout his public service career. Um, and uh, one sentence from each of you. Any final words? Nate? Any final Get your words? vote out. Get out the vote. I like it. Willie? Vote by mail. Vote by mail. And the letter carriers will take care of you. Yep. Okay, Karen? 
what's at stake in this election, efficient government, respect for public workers, the safety and justice of our communities. Get out and vote. Fantastic. Well, this has been really fun. Thanks for joining us. Uh, again, you have been listening to the Voice of Oregon's Workers. Uh, this is our exciting podcast at the Oregon AFL-CIO. We bring you that every month at the end of the month. Uh, and see you next month. But before that, make sure to vote. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.